Hello, listener, and welcome to the 14th episode of What's It Like To? This episode features Carly Kaluzna, and I asked her, what's it like to be a master certified barbecue judge? I asked Carly about becoming a judge and the judging process, how to determine what makes good brisket and ribs, why eating barbecue at a restaurant has essentially been ruined for her, and so much more. Carly is knowledgeable, passionate, and truly enjoys what she does. I know you'll see all of that in listening to this episode. So, without further ado, here's the 14th episode of What's It Like To? So, Carly Kaluzno, what's it like to be a master certified barbecue judge? It's pretty fantastic. Uh, I love to combine my favorite hobby of food and free. So, free food, that's delicious. It's a win. So, how does one become a master certified barbecue judge? So I'll rewind a little and to become a certified barbecue judge, you just take a course, you learn about the correct meats, the cuts of meats that you're going to be consuming uh, and what you're looking for in terms of taste, tenderness and appearance. Um, And then once you've done 30 competitions that you've judged, combined with uh, volunteering for at least one competition and then cooking with pit masters or, you know, professional barbecue team. Then you submit all of that to Kansas City Barbecue Society. They review it. Um, You're keeping a log of everything that you've done. You get signatures by the reps for each competition. And then you turn that all in. And once you're approved by Kansas City Barbecue Society, they give you a code and an email and you can take a master judge exam. Wow. So how did you discover that this was a thing that you could just become a judge? So I actually just talked to my brothers about this recently, and we had very different answers. But the gist from my view is that um, my brothers and I, I have two older brothers, used to do sibling bonding activities. And our last one was like this really cool monster truck thing. And it was sort of like, okay, well, we are at different schools. You know, Jeremy was out of school. So it was sort of like our schedules weren't lining up all the time. And then on top of that, it was like, how do you find something even cooler than this event? Um, and Miles used to watch Hitmasters all the time and he kept seeing competition, competition, competition. So he was like, what the heck? How did I not know that you could, you know, judge barbecue? Because if there's competitions, there's obviously judges. So we looked it up online and it was very like straightforward. And he was like, oh my gosh, we should do this. So we ended up, all three of us, Miles and Jeremy took one class together. I was in college. So uh, I think I waited for a break and then took a different class. And then we were all certified and then started traveling around, you know, within around two hours of uh, where we were and started judging together. And then later, probably a year or two later, my mom got her certification as well. So all of us, all four of us. So it's a family event, obviously, or a family bonding activity. Yeah. Like, what was there? Was there an interest in in barbecue before? Or I would say that we're all big foodies. We all really, really like food, and we really, really like good food, um, as I'm sure many people <laughs> are in that boat. Um, so I think it was just we really value food. We really value family time, and so being able to combine those things are great. I think everybody loves barbecue. Um, I guess everybody that eats meat probably loves barbecue. So it was just, you know, it's one of my favorite foods. It always has been. I think we've all liked it. Um, And so being able to find this thing that you can judge the best of the best food um, was awesome. And so it just ended up working out, happened to be a really good food category that we liked. So 
worked out. We're able to combine forces of loving food and loving family. Wow. It's, you know, competition day. What, what does your day look like? So I guess I'll give my best perspective from the judge side and then I guess a little bit from the pitmaster cook side. But from the judge side, you usually arrive around 9 a.m. Um, there's a check-in place. You park, you check in. There are two reps or more, depending on how many teams are competed competing. But um, in general, there are two representatives from Kansas City Barbecue Society who are helping the um, competition organizer. They're helping the teams and they're helping with the judges as well. So you check in with them, you show them your certification, your badge, um, and then they either assign you to a table or um, there's a new method recently where they pretty much have data on the average scores that each judge provides. Um, and so with those averages, they're slowly using that to seat people at tables so that every table is fair. Um, you'll hear about the quote unquote table of death or the table of angels. And so they're trying to avoid that so that every team who's putting time, energy, and money into this feels as though all of the judge tables are fair. So you don't want all master judges on one table and then all new judges on another. Um, so you check in, they assign you your table. And then at 10, there's a meeting where it's the judges meeting. There's a tape that gets played. It's about 15 minutes. It walks you through the gist of everything, reminding you what you're looking for in each meet, what you're not looking for, um, what you don't judge, such as smoke rings. You don't judge that because they can be artificially created. Um, so you listen to this tape and then the reps will talk sometimes about, you know, the competition and, you know, remind you a couple major things from that tape that you're listening to. I guess it's an MP3 because it's 2018. Um, a recording, if you will. Um, and then we have maybe a half hour to sort of walk around the event. You know, you can say hi to teams. A lot of people, it's a big barbecue family. So a lot of people will, you know, say hi and then walk away, but you cannot sit and talk and hang out, have a drink, nothing like that with any of the competing teams if you're judging. And then at noon, chicken gets turned in. And then every half hour after that, so it goes chicken, uh, ribs, pork, and then brisket. And then at the end, sometimes there's another category like dessert, sides, anything like that. Um, but for the most part, that's when it ends for judges. And then on the team side, they're waking up incredibly early, 3 a.m., putting uh, firewood or wood in the fire, all of that stuff, making sure their temperatures are right, making sure the timing's going to work because the, the turn in of noon is, you know, you get disqualified if your meat's not there and you obviously want it to be fully cooked, all of that. So they have an incredibly long day. And then on top of it, they clean everything. And then on top of that, they have um, awards at the end of that. So they're getting awards for different categories overall. So their day is incredibly, incredibly long. And it's really way more of a weekend for them, whereas judges are, you know, half day. Wow. So they, the, the competitors know who you are. They know you're a judge. They know what's going on there. Um. Yeah, I would say for the most part, a lot of people wear like a, it's like a polo with the Kansas City, excuse me, Kansas City Barbecue Society logo. Um, sometimes it'll say judge. We have red books that actually, you know, will say, if you see someone walking with a red book, you know that they're a judge. Uh, but also what I was saying a little earlier is that it's really 
a huge family thing. So I know a ton of cooks, you know, and I'll wave high and all that stuff. But yeah, um, it is double blind though. So they, they might see someone and be like, oh, that's a judge, but they have no idea that I did or didn't judge their ribs or their chicken or anything like that. So they get a clamshell, which is a styrofoam container, regular to go box type thing with a number on it. And so that's, you know, one blind section, if you will. So it's not their team name. It's just a random code. They put their entry in there and then they turn it in. And then at the turn in table, there are volunteers that put another code on top of that. So it's a totally unrelated, different set of numbers. And that's what is read out to the judges. So even if I said, oh, you know, I think I had your ribs and you said, oh, my code's one, two, three, I would say, oh, you know, it was seven, eight, nine for me, but that could have been the same exact entry. You never know. Right. Wow. So it, yeah, there's a, a, a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Hmm. And are these competitions like, can the, the average person go to these and like try all the food as well? Uh, it really depends on the competition. Some of them that I've done are literally just competitions for cook teams and judges. And that is it. Um, so there's, you know, if you were just a regular passerby and you walked by, it would just smell very good, but it's nothing that you can participate in. Um, and then a lot more you'll see, you know, a competition is a part of a larger event, um, whether that's like there are games and Ferris wheels and stuff like that. Um, but for those types of events, if you, you know, just walk in and want to try barbecue, there's usually people's choice. So you can vote on the best pork or the best ribs or something like that. So for the most part, I would say overall, it's it's competitions that are open to the public, but the actual judging portion is you can't be part of, you can't watch, you can't interact with. It's very private and serious and, you know, taken seriously because these competition pitmasters are putting a ton of time and money and all of that and energy into their meat. So can't just have distractions. Sure. Um, and then what's the grading system like? Like, how do you, I, I would imagine a lot of it is subjective, you know, like, um, or is there, are there certain qualities you're looking for? So when you take the course, you're learning about each type of meat. So you're learning about chicken, ribs, pork. So what does that mean? Is it just pulled pork? Is it chopped pork? Is it slices? You know, so you learn about things like money muscle, all of that. Um, and then for brisket, you learn all about brisket, what, what that cut is, all of that. But in the tape that I was talking about, and also in this class, you learn about judging to the Kansas City Barbecue Society standards. So it's not like I put a rib in my mouth and I'm like, oh, this is amazing, nines across the board. Um, so points go from one to nine, really technically two to nine, because one is disqualification. Um, and nine, they stress is excellent, not perfect, because you're not gonna get perfect meat. That's not what you're looking for. Um, but in terms of each different meat, uh, for example, I guess ribs and brisket are probably the easiest. For ribs, you want to take a clean bite out of the rib and only your bite should come cleanly off the bone. And then usually the bone will dry pretty quickly after your bite. Um, a lot of restaurants you'll see sell their like fall off the bone ribs. They're amazing. Um, falling off the bone means that they're overcooked technically. Mm. So I personally 
prefer a little bit falling off the bone. Um, but if it falls off the bone in a competition, I will mark it down for tenderness because it is technically overcooked. Um, and then with brisket, we have what we call a pull test. So you want to pull the brisket and it should pull apart relatively easily, but also, you know, resist a little bit. So that's how you know. If it's crumbling, it's overcooked. If you can't pull it apart, it's, you know, usually not cooked enough. So a little, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that combined with, you know, for taste, it's, does it taste good to you? So you have three categories. You judge appearance first. They open the box, show you every entry. You give a, a score for appearance. Usually it's nine or eight, unless something really went wrong. Appearance is usually relatively high. Um, and then you have taste and tenderness. Tenderness being, you know, the things that I just described with taking a bite off of the rib or pulling apart the brisket. And then taste is probably the most, you know, up to your taste buds. But for the most part, it's always delicious. Um, so I know certain regions uh, in the U.S. have different styles of barbecue. So in like the Carolinas, you have like vinegar based sauces, you know, in other areas of the country, you use like a rub instead of a, a sauce. Like how does, um, do you have those different styles showing up or is it all based on the Kansas City style? It's, yeah, it's all pretty much based on Kansas City style barbecue. Uh, for the most part, I would say even, you know, I sat next to a judge who is from, I think, South Carolina. And I asked her, I was like, oh, you know, how does the barbecue differ? And she's like, it really is pretty much the same flavor profile. She's like, occasionally you'll get a mustard based or vinegar based. Um, but she was like, those don't score high. So people don't do it. Um, when I was cooking with pitmasters, the coolest thing to me kind of also the like, what moment was they were saying, oh yeah, this is how we cook for competitions, but this is not how we cook for, you know, our own barbecue consumption. Mm. I was like, oh, well, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, well, we don't like it super sweet and we don't like this and whatever. So we cook for what the judges want and what Kansas City Barbecue Society, you know, barbecue is. But, you know, this ne isn't necessarily the barbecue that I would cook for myself on a weekend if I just wanted barbecue which was kind of like mind blowing to me because I'm like, you're putting so much time into it, but they really do it because they love it. And, you know, they're feeding judges to get scores. So they're feeding them what the judges want. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and is there like camaraderie in a family amongst the judges as well? Yeah, I would say so. I would say overall, there's the barbecue family, which includes cooks and judges. Um, I, there's, you know, different Facebook groups for different regions. There's different Facebook groups for, you know, all judges, all cooks. Um, so I would say for the most part, yes. And I think, you know, for me, I've been doing this probably four or five years. And so you see the same faces because you're going to the same sort of locations. Um, and so I have a lot of people that I would call like my barbecue friends now that otherwise, you know, the first couple competitions, I was like, I don't know any of these people, you know, but now it's like, Oh, Hey, how have you been? How's your kid? You know? And it's, it's a full conversation. I have one really good barbecue friend that like, will talk on the phone here and there when he has a new recipe or when, you know, he got a new, um, I don't know what it's called, but he got this really cool thing that he's been cooking with. So he's been sending me photos and calling me to like talk about that. So it's really cool because it's a whole new world of things that my regular day-to-day -day friends don't get.
get, I guess. So it's been cool to have that like friendship aspect, not just, oh, I'm here to eat really good food, but it's, I'm here to eat really good food with all these people that get it and that I enjoy spending time with, you know, and then going up to cooks after and being able to see how they thought they did and have that conversation with them. Uh, and you mentioned, so you mentioned the, the four different types of meat and then desserts. So I would imagine you're not dealing with sides at all, like mac and cheese or beans or anything like that. Not usually. I think I've probably judged one or two competitions that are sides, but for the most part, it's, um, I would say anything but, so anything but those four categories I've judged. And then I have judged sides, but for the most part, I think it was like sides, but specifically beans, um, which was so hard to judge. <laughs> Dessert is probably the most popular category that isn't one of the four. Makes sense. And my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and do you get compensated at all? No. So we get the free food, obviously, which is which has ruined barbecue restaurants for me. <laughs> but yeah, so the free food and then a lot of competitions will allow you to take leftovers with you because if you're thinking about it, you know, you're getting six entries of four different meat categories. So you're eating up to, not even up to, but if you're taking a quality bite of every meat, you're probably eating two pounds of meat and you're only taking you know a handful of bites from each piece. So you have a lot of leftovers. Um, and so some, some competitions will allow you to take your leftovers home, which is awesome. So a lot of these people don't have their own restaurants then? A lot do. But even so, I mean, even if you take one of the top competition barbecue guys that has a restaurant, it's just not the same, you know, because you're mass producing. Even if you're, you know, working really hard to make sure that everything's super fresh out of the smoker and all of that stuff, it's just not the same and it's not going to work the same because you have, let's say, three smokers, even if they're the exact same smoker you know, they could be at different temperatures and you still need to regulate that. And you need someone there, you know, pretty much babysitting it the entire time. So competition barbecue, when you have one smoker and you know every single thing about that smoker is different than mass, you know, cooking ribs or mass brisket or anything like that. So even if you're a fantastic cook and your restaurant is, you know, a 12 out of 10 amazing, your competition barbecue is going to be better in my opinion. So you recently became a master certified bar judge. Is there a next level that you can achieve? I don't think there's technically another level, but the next step, um, so for every competition you have to apply, you can't just show up. So you apply and then every application for the most part asks the same things. Um, and then there's a section that asks about your certification and how many, um, you know, are you a master judge? Yes, no. There are table captains, which are people that, you know, sit at every table and display all of the um, all of the meat ahead of time for appearance. They collect all scorecards, all comment cards, all of that. Um, so they work closely with the reps. So it'll ask, are you a master judge? Are you a table captain? And then it'll ask how many um, competitions you've judged. And the only other thing that I've ever seen is, have you judged a hundred plus competitions? Yes, no. So I guess a hundred would be my next goal. But my real next goal, I think... One would be judging barbecue internationally because that's really growing. And then my next thing would be judging a competition in every state, which I think will take a ton of time. And I don't even know that there are competitions in every state, but we'll see. Very cool. 
Yeah. Um, my main goal was just to beat my brothers and my mom at master judge. And I did that. So pat on the back for me. <laughs> Uh, and I'm sure you don't mention that at all to them. No, 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 of course not. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned as well that uh, part of becoming a master certified judge is cooking with the pit masters. So yeah. what was that like and what did you learn? That was awesome. It was incredibly eye-opening. I tried for a really long time. My mom and I tried for a while to try and find a team to cook with. And a lot of teams just there's not really many teams out of Illinois, so that's kind of complicated. And then on top of it, a lot of teams that we did ask or that we reached out to, um, understandably so, they were like, listen, you know, we've finally gotten to a place where we're getting good scores and we, you know, have, you know, we have, um, you know, jobs set up and timing and everything. And so adding someone else and then training them and teaching them would just kind of, you know, throw a wrench in, in the plan, which is totally understandable, obviously a little frustrating, but um, so it took a while to be able to find a team that was willing. And now I feel like it was one of those things, like I found it and now everybody's like, oh yeah, like if you know anyone that's looking, like of course they can uh, cook with us, which is awesome. But um, so I met a guy at a competition who saw that I was getting up there and he was like, you're almost close to 30. Have you cooked with a team? And I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm, talk to this team, but I'm not sure. And, you know, I never reached out and he was like, why don't we go over to him? He's one of my friends, like, we'll get you back in touch. So I was like, okay. So I talked to him. Uh, it's a competition team called Tim's Full Belly Deli and they're incredibly well known. They're awesome. Um, and so Tim was like, yeah, of course, you know, we'll help you. We'll teach you. We'll show you the ropes. So I got there at, I think 3 AM in Wisconsin. So I think it was an hour drive got there at 3 a.m. and they were up and working and, you know, he showed what part of the meat they trimmed and all of that stuff. And then, you know, they pretty much sculpt chicken thighs and stuff like that, like all teams. Um, so it's like this beautiful display. I mean, if you just Google Kansas City Barbecue Society turn-in boxes, you'll be surprised how amazing barbecue can look. But it was the first competition that they were doing legs in I think years I think and so he was like yeah you know we're gonna try something new we don't get high scores on chicken usually so we're gonna try with legs and just see what that's gonna be like you know what I'm lying flipped it they had always done legs then they had just done thighs and then he helped another team so I got to walk to another team's trailer who always did thighs and was just doing legs um so it was cool to see how you know you're competing against these other teams but you're still helping them you're giving them you know advice or tips or seasoning or you know if they miss something or you know need help or whatever all these teams are there to help the people that they're essentially paying to compete against um, but it was really cool it was cool to see you know, how often they, how much of a schedule they have. It was like every 15 minutes, you're spraying the ribs, you open it up, pull them out, spray them, put them back in, close it, make sure the temperature's at this temperature, you know, add more wood from this side, add more wood from that side. Um, it was really cool. And then for appearance, it's always, for the most part, the meat, it's not required, but the meat is on lettuce. Um, and there's also illegal garnish. So you have to make sure your garnish is legal um, and all that stuff. So you're putting this, the meat on this garnish. And for me, I was like, oh, it always looks so beautiful. But the, it was so intense how they make the garnish to fit perfectly in the box and lift the meat. And they're like, you know, talking about the colors and whatever. So finally around turn in, they're pulling the meat. 
they taste it, they have me taste it, which was, you know, because I'm usually hidden behind the double blind curtain. Um, it was like, what do you think of this? You know, and I'm giving honest feedback of I would give an appearance at this score, a taste at this score, tenderness at this score. You know, I like this one better than that one. And then they use that rack of ribs. So it was cool that they're showing me how they're cooking, but also truly taking, and this is from one of the top teams, truly taking my advice as a judge to make their turn in even better. Mm-hmm. Um, they had like tweezers and Q-tips and everything like, you know, brushing on like, you know, brushing on barbecue sauce here, but not here. And then scraping it off with this tweezer, whatever. Like it was so intricate and such a down, like a science that they have down. It was very eye opening. But I think that that's one of my biggest things. And one of all the team's biggest things is that I waited until the end. I think it was like my 28th competition was when I cooked with them. But I really think that you need to go and do it in the first 10 competitions to be able to see the other side of what you're judging. Cause it's easy to be like, Oh, you know, I'm going to give this one a seven, but a seven versus an eight. Um, you know, if you're on the fence, a seven versus an eight can knock a team out of, you know, placing or an eight versus a nine rather, you know, sure. It's intense. That's crazy to me that such a messy food, um, in nature, oh. there's so much detail and attention that goes to it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the illegal garnishes. What are some of those? <laughs> this is everyone's favorite. Um, so illegal garnish kale just recently became legal. So that's exciting. Um, <laughs> parsley is legal. I would say most lettuce, like basic lettuce, like iceberg maybe is legal. Uh, don't quote me on that, but illegal is like red tipped lettuce or purple lettuce. Um, anything it's, quote unquote, illegal, because if it can mark a box. um, So if I know, for example, Ethan's team always uses purple lettuce on the outside and then dark kale on the inside, um, it's much easier to mark a box with purple lettuce and be like, oh, you know, we have the purple one. So if you get a purple box on your on your table, then, you know, give it all nines. And that's really not how it works at all. Even if I knew this was your box or whatever, you know, no one's trying to cheat, but you know, it's just the idea of another thing is like sculpting meat. So if you have pulled pork and you put it in the container and make it look like a pig face, it's much easier to be like, Oh, I know the guys that do the pig face molds. Like that's whatever, whatever is team. Um, so in order to just eliminate any of that, they have, you know, rules about sculpting meat rules about garnish, all of that stuff, foreign objects. So like if there's a toothpick or if there's tinfoil or whatever, obviously for the most part, I I would probably say, obviously no one's trying to cheat, but it could come off as, oh, well they had, you know, a line of tinfoil or they had red tip lettuce or they sculpted their meat. That's X, Y, Z team. We'll give them nines. Mm. Yeah. Is there any other like quirk or unique thing about being a judge that most people wouldn't expect? Like me personally, or just judges in general? Both. I would say me personally, um, I'm probably one of the youngest judges. So I'm probably one of the youngest judges by 25 years, if not more. Um, So I tried when I got my master's certification and I passed the exam I emailed them and I was like, is there any way you could tell me how many master judges under the age of 30 exist? And they're like, unfortunately, we don't have that data, but I'm willing to bet I'm 
few and far between, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's just like it brings a lot of people together from different walks of life that, you know, it's not focused on any sort of career. There are people in every career ever that are judges. So it's been cool to meet people that we just have a, com a combined love of food and barbecue and the family, but there's nothing quirky, I don't think. The only other thing that I can think of when I tell people that I'm a judge that they, they find hilarious is that we have an oath. So at the end of every judge meeting, you have to put up your right arm, stand up, and you have to do the barbecue oath. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate your, your wealth of knowledge, and uh, it's such a cool thing that you do. Well, thanks for having me. Well, that's it. The 14th episode of What's It Like To? Thank you so much to Carly Kaluzna for joining me, and of course to you, the listener, for checking out the podcast. Be sure to follow What's It Like To on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram to stay updated on everything related to the podcast. Also, I've created an email address, and it's wiltpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in questions, comments, opinions, anything you're feeling. I love hearing from you. And for all future episodes, I'll announce via social media who my guest will be beforehand, and I'll ask you to email me questions. Send in a question, and I'll announce who it's from on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope to be filling up your earbuds again very soon.